This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. William Glass, welcome to the show. Mark, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Thank you for having an easy name. <laughs> you know, well, name, don't thank me. Thank thank my family. You know, yeah. I didn't I didn't get to pick it, but <laughs> well, well, the name like Stucheski, I really appreciate people with challenging names, but your name, no sweat whatsoever. So we're going to talk about finances today. You are the co-founder of a company called Ostrich. We're going to get to that later in the show. But why don't you share with the audience to put you in the context, you know, what do you do day to day? Yeah. So I'm CEO and co-founder of Ostrich, as you said, and essentially we are gamifying finance and financial success to be specific. So personally, I uh, I had some interesting experiences as a kid with finances and saw challenges that my parents had, family went through, and that really affected me. And that's sort of the focus is looking, looking out on the marketplace saying, well, what's wrong right now with finances? There's all these cool apps and crypto and blockchain and all these things. But if you look at the underlying wellness of society, it's not getting better. And that's really kind of the the thought of, of where Ostrich came from. And day-to-day is making that mission of improving financial wellness come to fruition. I remember the first time I was, I don't know if I was in college or I went to one of those minor league hockey games. And and I remember they said, hey, would you like a free t-shirt? I'm like, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I'd like a free T-shirt, you know, and it, of course, had the bank logo on there and like just fill out this credit card application. So I'm like, oh, seriously, didn't know anything about credit card applications. I filled it out. And a couple of weeks later, I get this credit card in the mail. I'm like, oh, this is the coolest thing. And I had thing of like a thousand dollar limit or eight hundred dollar limit, whatever it was. And I'm like, this is really cool. I had power. Right. So I remember going to Radio Shack. Remember Radio Shack? I, I oh, went yeah. to Radio Shack and I bought a boom box, like one hundred and fifty bucks. And the next month I get a bill and it says. $150, but you only have to pay $10. And I'm like, really? I want to pay $10. I didn't realize about compounding interest. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're laughing at this, but I didn't know. And I, I think a lot of people are like that. They're like, well, I could pay $10 a month. But if you do the math with the interest, you didn't really pay $150 a boom box. You paid a lot more. So talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> it's definitely a common problem, right? The financial services industry doesn't really make any more, it doesn't serve them to actually educate you, right? They just want you to get products in your hand and use them. There's everything that's happened earlier this year. So we're recording this in May of 2021, but uh, the whole GameStop issue and AMC with Robinhood, right? And trading and trade, like, even though Robinhood has no trading fees, they make money when you trade. So they need you to trade volume. And these, at the end of the day, Financial services companies just want you to use their products because they've got it figured out where it'll it'll make it'll make them money, but you don't necessarily know why uh, how you should be using them. And obviously, we don't teach financial literacy in schools. You didn't have a class on like here's how credit cards work, nope. and uh, right. And they didn't tell you that when you're signing up for it. They're just like, oh, free T-shirt, right? So <laughs> it's you know it's 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 terrible that we do that to people um, and. It seems like Gen Z as a generation is a little bit more focused on this because of the instances like what, what happened to you, Mark, and what I've gone through and my, my parents have gone through same, same sort of challenges around money that it's starting to become a little bit more of a hot button topic, which is exciting, but it's just not happening quickly enough. And I remember when my wife and I bought our first home, our, we're still in the home, um, and you, you signed like $150,000 mortgage for 30 years, and you're like, oh, this is a pretty good deal, but when you look at the amortization, 
you wind up paying almost $800,000 for the home, $150,000 if you like wrote a check for it. But when you add in the interest, oh, it's only 3%. It's only 2.75%. But over 30 years, that adds up. And I think going to the point you just make, we're not trained like this. And I'll be honest with you, the first training my wife and I got, we went to Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. And I think everyone should go through something similar in order to graduate high school, not college, high school. Some Everyone should be mandated to go through something like that to say, this is how interest works. This is how the 90 days, same as cash scam works, you know, because I, nobody knows that. And you're laughing because if, if you're not familiar with that, 90 days, same as cash, it is 90 days, no interest. But on the 91st day, they charge you interest from day one. They don't tell you, well, they tell you that in the really, 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 really teeny tiny small print, but they don't tell you that when you're buying the, the stove or the TV, or whatever it is. And so I really think there is a major problem in, uh, in America and probably globally with financial literacy. Yeah, you're, you're spot on, Mark. And I think folks like Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman are some of the pioneers in this, this space of really opening up and talking about finances. And now, again, with the proliferation of podcasts and social media, there's more really good influencers out there that are spreading the word of, of how to be more financially literate. But yeah, I mean, the, the sad part is, is that it also targets people that are in a tough spot to begin with, right? Rich people don't get charged bank fees because they don't have enough money in their account. They don't, right? Like you've got enough money in your account. Only the people that have $5 instead of the $250 minimum are the people that get charged or end up in payday loans or all these issues. So not only are we not educating people, but the financial services industry is set to have these, you know, quick money, get, you know, get whatever you want right now. And the exorbitant interest affects people that already can't afford it. We do live in an instant gratification society. My grandparents bought their house for $30,000. This is way back in the fifties, but they paid cash for it. They didn't, they, there wasn't mortgages back then. I mean, there probably was, but most people save for cash. Now it's like nobody ever asked. The first time I heard this was from Dave Ramsey. No one ever asked how much it costs. They asked how much down and how much per month. They don't care what the term of the loan is, which is scary because the people can manipulate the numbers. Well, if you do it for 10, 10 years, it's this price, 20 years, this price, 30 years, this price. And you're watching the monthly payment go down like, oh, we can afford that. But you really can't afford it because now you're stretching over the 10, 20 or 30 years. Yeah, 10, 20, 30 years. Plus, no one tells you that you've got to fix a roof. You've got to replace the AC. You've got to replace the hot water. No one tells you those are going to be 5, 10, 30 grand a pop when you've got to fix a roof. Yep. So there's all these other expenses that are not factored into that nice little number of, oh, it only cost us you know, 800 bucks a month to own this house. Wow, like we can do that. Start actually following through on your to-do list now. I'll show you how to remove overwhelm from your life and blow through your list in no time. Learn how to get and stay focused. Become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list. Experience less overwhelm and have time to do what you really want to do. Find out more about my 12-step process to productivity program at mrproductivity.com. Yeah, I remember when our hot water heater went and we had no preparation for it. And you know what we did? We fixed it ourselves. We went to this website called YouTube and we found out the parts <laughs> to get. And we actually fixed it ourselves because when you hire somebody, they're like, okay, well, they want to get paid. Imagine that. They want to get paid. And they're like, no, I'm going to need X amount of dollars to come fix your hot water heater, whatever the case may be. So my wife and I, who are not really technically savvy, we learned to do it ourselves because it's not the parts to fix it unless you're 
obviously we can't replace our air conditioner or heater, but if you're replacing, you know, we didn't have to replace the actual tank. We had to replace the guts inside the tank. So the parts only cost like 25 bucks. It's actually the knowledge. And thankfully for YouTube, you can sit there and go, oh, we could do this. Now I'm sure the, the plumber would like you to pay him 300 bucks to come out. But when you're just buying a house, you, like you said, you've got taxes, school taxes, uh, uh, county taxes, and a lot of taxes you're not even aware of. And you learn how to fix things yourself. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great, a great tool to use as YouTube. I've done that with cars as well, right? Like something blows up on a car or something goes out and now you can figure out what it is and you can watch someone replace it. And before I'm not at all, at all savvy when it comes to, uh, you know, using, using tools and things like that. But with YouTube, you can figure things out, which is, which is awesome. And what's really amazing about YouTube is you can find your exact water heater or your exact car so not like well most cars work like this you can find someone replacing that item on your exact car which makes it oh this is oh i see what he's doing it's really amazing and you also talk about payday loans and and i want people to think about payday loans where are the payday loan places they're not in the rich part of town they're in the part of town where people can't afford to go to payday loans but because they haven't managed their 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 finances well they are really up against the wall and they're desperate because they got to pay their rent. They got to feed their kids. They put gas in the car so they go to work. And the payday loan places, they're not your friends. They are, I would call them sharks, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're, you're spot on. And think about where do you typically learn information about finances? It's from your family. It's from parents. Maybe you go do your own research and you have someone that is interested in that. But typically, it's just what you grew up with. And so obviously, if you come from a wealthy family where someone knew how to manage money and have has had success, you're going to end up in a different situation than in, a, in an instance where your family did, didn't have that. And you don't have parents or you know an uncle or aunt or someone that, that understands these things. Um, and so it's like, it, it's generational. So you look at the income inequality gap in the United States and it's only getting larger, right? The rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer and the middle class is, you know, falling, lose, falling behind. Um, and, you know, there's so many, so many things that, that tie into that. So don't want to point to one, but financial literacy is a huge component of that for sure. Let's imagine somebody is listening to our conversations today and they're thinking to themselves, man, I... I am in a world of hurt. I I am got so many credit cards. They're maxed out, and I, you know I I don't I, I hear what you guys are saying. But what what do I do? I mean, I'm stuck right now. So what would you tell to someone who's really stuck? I mean, obviously there is a way out. It won't be easy unless you win the lottery. Please don't play the lottery. It's another scam. <laughs> but there is a way out. It'll take you time. So what would you tell that person who's listening to us, who is really in dire straits financially? Yeah, you've got you've got to educate yourself, right? Because no matter no matter what, whatever option you take, because there's a lot of paths that you can take to get out of that. Um, you've got to know that you're going to the right place, so you don't end up at the payday loan place, or you don't end up getting another credit card that has whatever six months or twelve months of zero interest balance transfer, and you end up in the exact same situation. But now you run up even more debt. So you've got to, you've got to educate yourself. And again, go to Google, go just type in whatever the problem that you're having, if it's credit card debt, if it's just debt in general. Um, but then if you think about the basics and so, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say that it's easy because it's definitely not easy to get out of that situation, but from the basics of how finances work, if you spend less than you earn, you will be in a good position. So like at the end of the day, you've got to spend less than you earn. And that means that you either need to 
stop spending as much as you are, or you need to earn more, figure out a way to earn more. And those are kind of the two main levers that you have when you're first starting out or you're in uh, trouble, essentially. Um, But there are ways to get out of high interest credit card debt and things like that. There's loan consolidation services. There are, you know, bankruptcy is not a, not necessarily a fun thing, but it is an option. And there are times where it does make sense. There's different types of bankruptcy. Um, so there's plenty of pathways out of whatever situation you're in. And I can guarantee you that there are other people that have been through what you've been through and what you're going through. So take a deep breath, find those people that have gone through your situation and start to learn and figure out which path out is the best for you. You know, as a productivity expert, one of the things that people come to me they say, I don't have a lot of time. And I'm like, okay, well, what are you doing after between after dinner and bedtime? And it's sitting in front of the TV. So let's bring that to the financial literacy. Are you playing for Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and Apple TV Plus and CBS? I think it's called Paramount Plus. I mean, the little things you don't even think about going to Starbucks every day in the way to work. You, you say you have no money, but yet you're getting a hit of Starbucks every day. Or you're watching, you know, you're downloading a movie on iTunes every weekend. So you can start snipping things. Yeah, it's going to be a little uncomfortable for a while. You won't be able to have family you know, movie night or you won't be able to play your games. But, you know, if you're willing to do the sacrifice now, then down the road, you'll be able to have more freedom. I think Dave Ramsey says, see if I can remember this. He said, if you live like no one else now, then later on, you could live like no one else. But you got to be willing to take the sacrifice and say, okay, I'm not going to have Hulu. My wife and I, our, our uh, DirecTV box died like five years ago. And we said, you know what? We're not going to get cable or satellite anymore. We live in Houston, Texas. We're 12 miles from all the antennas. So we went out and got a TiVo, which we own. We pay TiVo $11 a month. We get all the main channels for free and TiVo records them for us. So there are options. You don't have to have cable or satellite or Hulu live TV or YouTube live TV. There are ways you can cut back so you can get ahead of yourself. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think if you can prioritize what's important to you and focus on the things that aren't that you're spending money on, right? So if you don't really value cars, don't don't go out and buy a new car. Maybe downgrade to something that gets you around town. But if you love cars and you've got your dream car, maybe that's fine, but focus on something else that you can cut out that you don't that you spend money on that maybe society values or other people in your network think is cool, but you don't really value. And I think when you do it when you pair up Uh, cutting back with things that you don't actually value yourself and don't add value to your life in other ways, that's when you can really win. And it becomes a lot easier to, you know, quote, live frugally because you're still doing the things that you love um, or getting enjoyment out of the things that are important to you while you're still also saving money and making progress towards your financial goals. I get it. You want productivity tips, but your email inbox is, well, out of control. When you follow Mr. Productivity on Telegram Messenger, you'll receive daily bite-sized productivity tips delivered to your phone or desktop for free. Let me help you become more productive, step-by-step, day-by-day. Follow Mr. Productivity on Telegram today. I'm glad my wife and I are not uh, big fans of cars. We have a car that's 16 <laughs> years old. It's leaking oil and a lot of things don't work on it. It you know, has goes no, no shocks on it. And recently my wife got rear-ended and so the trunk won't open. And, you know, so they have to total the car because even though the car is still drivable, 
the the fix it costs more than the car's worth. And it's like this car served as well, but we don't drive far with it anymore. We know she's an old lady. We're not going to drive from Houston to San Antonio. She'd go, ain't going to happen. But when we replace the car, which we have to do in the next couple months, we're not going to buy a brand new car because the worst, what's that? The worst car tragedies happen when you drive the car off the lot because it depreciates so much once you take it off the lot. And I'm going to buy a, a new used car for us because to your point, we only need to get us around town to go grocery stores, the doctors, whatever. We don't need to go on trips. If we're going on a trip, there's these things called airplanes. And I will take an airplane instead of, I don't like road trips. I'm, I'm past that now. Yeah, no, exactly. That's, that's, that's great perspective. And I think, you know, buying used cars, especially if you buy a quality one, ones that run forever that in the US people can fix easily, like, you know, Hondas, Toyotas, those, those types of things, those cars tend to run for a very, very long time. So and focusing on South, like I do, you don't have to deal with the rust. See, I'm originally from Rochester, New York. My wife is from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and you have to deal with the salt and the rust. But down here, there's no rust on our car. So if you live in California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, uh, Georgia, Florida, all the southern states, you know, you don't have to worry about that. So your car will last very much longer. That's great. English, Mark, much longer. (laughs) And I think our car's got 167,000 miles on it and it's still going. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You're using it, using it the right way. And so that's a great way to, to save money and focus on the things that you do enjoy. So maybe you guys enjoy going out to dinner more or whatever that is. For us, it's iPhones, iPhones and Apple watches. That's, that's our kryptonite. We, you know, the new, every other year we buy a new phone, every other year we buy a new watch. That's our kryptonite. But when you look at it, it's a lot cheaper to buy a, you know, two Apple iPhones that cost two grand for two of them. than it is to buy a brand new car, which is cost like twenty five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. So, I mean, we all have to pick our poison for us. We like Apple products. Some people like cars. Some people like mansions. A number of years ago to make money, I was a, a pizza delivery guy. And I'll never forget, I, I delivered this $200 order to somebody, gated community, mansion, had a boat in the yard, you know, a Lamborghini or whatever. He had a expensive car and he gave me a $2 tip. And I remember go back and told my wife, I said, this is ridiculous. And she goes, they're probably house poor, which means all their money is tied up into their things and they had no liquid assets. They probably put the pizza on credit cards, which they're probably still paying off at this day. Yeah, exactly. And you can't, and that's the thing. You can't judge people based on the things that they have in their life, right? Because you don't know what the the bank account is. Someone could be in a ton of debt or have, you know, been really frugal with what, with their money. And we don't talk about finances. So you just don't know. So I, it's really important not to, as you said, like think of just put someone in a box because they have an expensive car or a nice thing or a nice iPhone. It doesn't mean that that person necessarily is really financially secure and successful and, you know, it's just a status symbol. Um, it is. So I remember I, a number of years ago, there's a show on CNBC. This is obviously back when we had cable or satellite and it was called high net worth. And I used to be fascinated with all these people, high net worth. But then I learned the truth of net worth. If you have a million dollars in your bank account and you owe $1 million, your net worth is zero. I'm like, what? And when that, when that, when I first understood that, it blew me away. And it, it, even worse, if you have a million dollars in the bank account and you owe two million, you have a negative net worth. And I'm like, you could have a negative net worth, yeah, because you take what you have minus what you owe. That's your net worth, and it can go into negative. And when I learned that, I'm like, whoa, 
And to your point, just because you have a Lamborghini doesn't mean you have cash that you can go take out of the bank and go help somebody. Yeah. And so this is something that I'll see in the financial influencer space as well as you'll see someone that says, oh, a million dollar real estate portfolio or multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. Doesn't mean that because they said, you notice how the language they use, it might be worth a million dollars, but they might have, as you said, they might owe more on all those properties than any, than, than what the value of the, of that million dollar portfolio is. So you've got to be really careful with the language because that will actually tell you a lot. If you really notice those details of how people frame money or finances, that's uh, that's another key kind of trigger to look for. So how did you get into the financial space? Yeah. So my parents got divorced because of money. Okay. In 2008, when the financial crisis blew up, their relationship blew up along with it. They didn't have, they weren't on the same page. They didn't have great conversations about finances, over levered, got kind of caught up in the big real estate boom, never had a plan to get out of it. And they relationship blew up along with their finances. And to this day, they're still digging themselves out of those holes. And so I saw that um, and kind of experienced that where, you know, the excitement and building up in the early 2000s and then where things ended by the end of that decade. And I just got really interested in money and finances. I'm also the only, I'm an only child. I'm the only grandchild on both sides of the family. And at the end of the day, I got to essentially take care of everyone. And so I've just been very, very focused on how can I put myself in the best position to support the people that I love and also not make some of the same mistakes that they did. Excellent. So you went and go ahead, you went ahead and created ostrich. What is ostrich besides yeah. a, a, a funny looking bird? <laughs> yeah. Funny look fat. Yeah. Fastest uh, bird on two legs. So um, yeah, it's, it's a mobile app. It's a free mobile app. And what we're doing is we're gamifying finances. And so uh, we're giving people a place to set and achieve their financial goals. And we use the best from behavioral economics and psychology to help people actually make progress and achieve their financial goals. So uh, we use social accountability. There's a statistic, I think it's from Harvard, that shows that if you um, combine a regular weekly check-in with a social accountability partner, you have a 95% higher likelihood of achieving a goal. And so we've taken that and applied that to money and finances. And one of the unique things about us is that we don't tie into bank accounts. So I don't want you to link your all of your bank accounts to our app, and I don't want your social security number. We're, we are not a financial services company. We'll make recommendations if you don't know what to use, but use whatever tools that you prefer. And we're really just focused on the behaviors and the actions that lead to success. I, I love the gamification part of it because I always tell people, if you want to be more productive, compete with somebody. It, it just yeah. makes it interesting just to compete with people. So I love that. Is the ostrich your, your mascot? It is. Yeah. Yeah. So we've, uh, yeah, we've got the whole, you know, pull your head out of the sand, trying to get people to pull their heads out of the sand when it comes to finances, build a nest egg. And, uh, if you look at the root of ostrich, rich is in at the end of the word. So, nice. you know, we're helping people live a rich life. So I love it. So is this available on the Apple and, and Google Apple app store and Google play? Yeah, it's available on both Apple and Android, and it's a free free app. So you know, feel free to download it, play it, play around with it, and um, yeah. So, how do you make money then? If it's a free app, how do you make money? So, as I mentioned, we're not a financial services company, but say you join an investing challenge and you do not have a brokerage account, we'll make a recommendation on say, hey, here's three 
three that we like. So we vet all of the partners. Okay. Um, but if you do sign up for a product through our app, that's how we make money. So okay. um, yeah, we're we're not incentivized for you to continue to, you know, use or, or use things to your disadvantage, so to speak, right? We're focused on the overall goals. And if you need a new product, then we'll make recommendations and help you uh, get there. So that's really our focus is how can you, what tools do you need to achieve your goals? Um, so our challenges are focused around all areas of finance. And then also how can you get there quickly? So to your point of like debt pay down that we talked about earlier with credit cards, right? A consolidation loan probably makes sense if you're overwhelmed and you can't afford all of the credit card bills that you have. So we'll make a recommendation that'll help you get out of debt quicker. Excellent. Well, William, I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, I was financial illiterate, but now I'm financial literate because I went to Financial Peace University. I read finances books, uh, Susie Orman, um, Tony Robbins, uh, Dave Ramsey. And I just want the listener to get educated. Uh, it's it's your responsibility to get educated. It's not someone else's responsibility to take care of you. A lot of stuff is free. This podcast was free. You can go to the library. If you don't have money to buy a book, don't go in the debt. Don't get a credit card to go buy books. Go to the library and borrow a book. See if a friend has one. But get yourself educated. Go to YouTube. There's there's lots of free resources out there. You need to take control of your finances because when you take control of your finances, you're going to have more freedom. So, William, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Mark. This is a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now, head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski Insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.